we will feel your touch. We will feel your warmth. We will feel you touch our cheeks as the tears stream down upon our face. Lord, move me behind the cross. Cover us all, Lord, that we will hear from your spirit. Know that the words that we will hear, for you know us, and we as sheep know you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Gracious and loving God, nurture us through your word. Teach us to accept your freedom. Release us from your fear and forgiveness. For when we stray away, it's your grace that brings us back. It is your love that sustains us. Oh, Holy Spirit, let us know that your love is enough to keep us this day and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Usher, thank you. You may be seated. Sing the choir. I miss Mr. Sonny, and I want to pray that he will be with us next week, so I ask that you will pray with me. I thank you. Yet again, our guest remains a guest, but she's a constant guest. Amen. For the service of our lay speaker this morning, thanks be to God. I ask that each of you give yourself a hand clap of praise for God is a good God. That's enough for us, but I ask you to give another hand clap of praise for God is a good God. He's a mighty and wondrous God. He's a holy and sanctified God. He is a God worthy of our praise. I celebrate being back in the pulpit today, but I also celebrate the gift of our lay leader, Donald Bonnie and Joyce Mims, who brought forth a great blessing in my absence. There's nothing greater than the Word of God, and whomever God chooses to deliver it through, I thank you that your ears were attentive and your hearts were warmed by the words of the Most High God. I begin this journey this morning with you, simply asking you, Walk down memory lane of the past 12 months. Has God been a miraculous God in your life? Has God healed anyhow? And some of us would say, well, Pastor, the will of God, I believe in it, but... I thought something was going to go this way, but it went that way. Well, Pastor, I pray to God all the time, but I thought he would bless me like this, but I believe he gave my job to somebody else. I went all the way to the 15th interview. And they offered it to somebody else. I don't know what that company wanted, but have mercy, God. But we can't we look at it and say, thanks be to God for the opportunity. Thanks be to God that the window was open. Thanks be to God for the preparation in our spirit. Thanks be to God that things got us just that close. So we're one step close 
Father to what God has called us to do. Can you think over the last 12 months we had a blue roof and now you don't have a blue roof? Can you think over the last 12 months when water came in your home and now you got brand new carpet, brand new roof, brand new this and that and the other? But those are things. And those things are good. But what about the peace of God? What about the blessing and the grace and the love and the mercy that surpasses all understanding? What about being kept? When you should have been dead. When the people saw the car and the car had rolled over. And they said, oh, And when you got where you got, there wasn't a scratch to let it be known. That you had just flipped over and over and over and over. Maybe that's not your story. Maybe your story is you went to the hospital and you got the diagnosis that you just weren't ready to hear. And you said, God, you know, my mama had that disease. My daddy had that disease. I did everything I could not to have that disease. Except I ate fried chicken every time. <laughs> have a cholesterol problem just from that one constant piece of fried chicken. And the girl up the street, she eats it every day. And she don't have no health problems. Drink soda water, eat sweet potato pie. I say it with a little conviction, because every now and then I think about those people who just eat anything. And their lives seem to be just perfectly fine. And I look at a piece of chicken, and it just says, I took the skin off after I cooked it. Doesn't that count for something? Because God said, will you be obedient to me right? When the Alpha and the Omega speaks and says, there'll be new life through the book of Revelation, do you believe him that it includes you and me? Today's sermon is really simple. And over the next three weeks, I'm going to explore something that I think is so powerful. And it's simply called win. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want to win for God. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I have a will for Jesus. You know I'm an African person. 
You know, I like to have those little short, concise things that just remind me. So, you know, when you look in the mirror in the morning, you just say, Go on, winner for Jesus. Yeah. I'm a winner for the Lord. Yeah. Win stands for walking Are you willing to walk in the newness of the Most High God? Are you willing to see what God has in front of us? Why if we would just walk in our knees of the Most High God. The teaching, preaching series will look at a capsule of scriptures that seem to not necessarily fit together eye to eye. But if you go back and you look at all the scriptures that were read today and circle and look at the theme, it's talking about walking in newness. And then, turn to your neighbor and say, what's new with you? <laughs> they may not ask me to tell I got a new coat, a new hat, a new job, a new life, new spirit, new love, new mercy, new grace. I just got new, new, new. But what if you had new mercy flowing down upon you? And you just stood before the Lord and said, Help me with my unbelief. I don't know what it is, but it's new mercy. And I receive. It's good to have a new car. But if you couldn't make the payment, they come and get it. It's good to have a new house, but if you bought too much house, the mortgage people be looking for you. Now, you might can hide your car in somebody's garage, but it's hard to hide a house. And you can't come to the door and say, this isn't mine. Because the tax roll already have your name. Every November they come looking for you in preparation for January. They know you by name. They know how much you have, where the property is located, and whether you owe money from last year. So when we walk in newness, one of the things we have to be willing to do is recognize and this is what the first sermon is about. Yeah. To win, yeah. you got to be able to hold on to God's will. Right. To win, you got to be able to grab on to the holy life of the Lord. Yeah. So think of it this way. Win stands for walking in newness. Will stands for walking in love's life. Walking in newness. Walking in love's life. And you may say... Who is love? Who is love? Lady, God is love. Jesus Christ is love. For the scripture says that he is the I am. And the I am is the love of our life. The I am is the love that settles our soul, sets ourselves apart. And the scripture says the first two commandments are the greatest of the commandments. That we would love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul. And that we would love God. But we would also love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So I want you to think about this theme 
of love as we journey through just a few points. In the story of Ruth, that was a love story of love stories. But you see, Naomi was the mother. And she journeyed to the Moabite, the land of the Moabite. And her mother, Naomi, was a Jew. And the Moabites were vicious enemies of that day of the Israelite people. But they went to a land because her and her husband were set by God to go. And they went out of obedience. They went out of love. But when they got there, the husband died. She had two sons. In the custom of that day, she was pretty covered. She had son one and son two. And when son one and son two would get married, she would be taken care of in one of those households. She would not be left alone. For the custom of the Israelites was they would be covered by their sons. And their sons' sons and their extended sons. And the sons would marry to keep the family together. But death came into their family. Not only did one son die, both sons died. So Naomi told the Sarah's the story that she said, send these girls back to their own people. You go on back where you came from, Oprah. Go on back. Go on to your mama house. I swore. I can't have enough stories. If I can't make this girl, make sure you can marry you or you. Go on home, girl. Shoo, shoo. Bye-bye. Cha-cha. Bye-bye. Oprah, in the 21st century language, goes on her TV show and goes on home. You know what I mean? What can you say? She left and said, hey, I'll make my own meal. Ain't no thing. But what happens to Ruth? Ruth says, no, mama, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to accept your God, your people, your land, your life, your customs, your well-being, and I'm going where you go. Because your God is my God. Your land is my land. Where you go, I will go with you, and I'm going to make a commitment for life. So to love God is to make a covenant. To love God is to commit in spite of what it looks like. In spite of how challenging it may be to your culture. It is to even say, walking in love, light, exceeds my customs, my history, my people, and even death. And I pause there because some of us love security more than we love God. We want to be safe, secure, and taken really good care of. Amen. We wouldn't stray to another country with a woman that didn't have a shield if it was the last person in the world. But we said, I'll go with you. Why is it important to us? Because the lineage of that family birthed 
the granddaddy of a king. Take the line and drive back to King David, and you'll understand why Ruth's decision of saving the Roman Lady is important to the Christian journey. Baby, if you're going to walk in knowledge, you got to trust it, even if you don't understand it. you got to walk it out every step of the way. Oh, yeah, you got to love God. you got to love him more than you can imagine. you got to love him more the customs of the widow took a back seat and Ruth and Naomi were joined and they walked in newness made new covenant lived the life so powerful that the blessings in the future far superseded one statement when Naomi said, go home to your people. So in order to realize what it means to have the will of God falling down upon your life. You got to be willing to walk in love's light. You got to be able to say, yes, the light is shining. Ain't nobody walking with me but the Lord. I'm a walker in here. I'm a walker through the door. I'm a walk when nobody say don't walk no further. I'm a do what the Lord says do because I love my God. Even unto death. When we read the chapter in John, and John is dealing with the fact that Lazarus has died. And Mary and Martha sisters nonetheless. They both loved Jesus, but they was in their origin. Who do you think he is? I didn't tell him that my brother is dead. It's been four days and he's starting to spare. It's been four days since he hurt me. I sent him a note on the internet and he sent me nothing. I called his name. I went to see his disciples. And he should have been here by now. Let my brother had a stone turn and get all smelly. Brothers go to the cave just because. Some sisters wish they had a cave to go to where the remote control didn't work. But this is a cave of death. Lazarus has shut his out, laid back, let the all and the anointing be wrapped upon him. He was dead. And some of us have experienced what it means for our loved ones to die. We come up close on him and say, Mr. So-and-so, weren't you supposed to do something different to his face? Her hair doesn't look right. 
doesn't look like my mama. None look like my cousin. God, you should have saved my mama. In the quietness of our life, we are like those sisters arguing back and forth. Couldn't you have done something for my mama? Couldn't you have done something for my cousin? Kids, I, I have praised the Lord with all my soul. I have found my praises under you. And you said you were tight with my brother. And you let my brother die. You let my baby die. What is it, God? I had a rough year. Oh, Jesus, you let my daddy die. Come out. Come out. The power of the Most High God says that we need to be prepared for both life and death. But when God says come out, you can be in sin and disarray and your life can be out of the out of order. And God will call you on and Lazarus, come on out. Some of us are dead in sin and we all got but the stuff wrapped up on our face. We wrapped up all the way to here. But it's been four days. Maybe it's been 40 years. Maybe it's been four minutes. And you've been out of order with God. And God said, I'm calling your name. I'm calling you Joyce. I'm calling you Mary. I'm calling you Sarah. I'm calling you Nancy. I'm calling you Lazarus. I'm calling you Diana. I'm calling you Fred. I'm calling you Susie. I'm calling you Mary. I'm calling you Nancy. I'm calling you Nancy. He's called our names and he said, Come out! Will you be willing to be set free? Will you allow the light to shine down on you? And warm your cheeks. Offer you cool water. Breath upon your spirit. Breathe new life into you. Stretch. Release. Unbind yourself. For God has said, come out. Come out. Come out. For I set you free to be free indeed. He call us out there, that we would walk in newness. But our walk would be different. Our talk would be different. But he sent us to the word that Mark talks with the scribe. The scribe offered the questions so that they could trap Jesus. But if you look back in the Old Testament, and you read Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. The commentary reminds us that Jesus wasn't speaking a new word. But he was speaking what had already been spoken. He was speaking from the Levitical law. He was speaking from Exodus. He was speaking even in the New Testament from Galatians 5, 14. But he said, you should love your neighbor. As yourself. If you seek to live a life, then you can walk in newness. If you seek to live a life where you're walking in love, life that is shining down upon your soul, if you're seeking to be all that God is calling you to be, search your heart, search your mind, search your soul, and tell to your neighbor, say, I love your neighbor. 
walk in the light. Some of us forget to love ourselves. And we love everybody else better than ourselves. When the angel of death comes, we think they care in our life. But it's a glimpse of all the people we took care of. Because we don't know ourselves or the purpose that God has set upon us. So in order for us to walk in the newness. We got to be willing to do our work. We got to be willing to be like Habakkuk 2, 1 and 4. We have to be willing to hear the Lord answer. And he says, write the vision down. Make it plain. Do it and so that you can read it. Don't write it and borrow it up like you have old money and stuff it down in your pocket. Don't put it under the tree bush like it's bothering your palate. Write it down. Make it plain. So that the reader, woman, God, I can read it. They can see it coming and going. They know you who you are. They know that you're the child of the Most High God. So I ask you this day, do you want to win? If the answer is yes, are you willing to walk in love's life? Are you willing to be like love? And just like Ruth, and offer that steadfast love. Are you willing to say to your neighbor, in spite of it all, I'll walk with you, talk with you, wipe away your tears, I'll stay with you through the journey. Are you willing to walk with your neighbor in newness? Are you willing to walk by faith and not by sight? Are you willing to say, this is a new day? This is a new season. This is new mercy. This is day November 5th, 2006, Grace. And if you are, turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I'm a winner, not a quitter. I'm a child of the Most High God. Lord, say it loud. Lord, nursing, walking in newness. Go on with your winner self. The doors of the church are open. And even if you know it, but you straight away. 